0: Hello and welcome to Alexandra Marshall Live. This week we are going to take a break from journalists and politicians and instead dive inside the film and TV industry. Joining me is the exceptional YouTuber and former comic book retailer, Gary Beekler, better known as Nerdrotic. He watches the collapse of Hollywood so that the rest of us don't have to. He is also one of my favorite people on the internet. Gary, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me, Alexandra. It's an honor.
0: Look, this is hilarious. I've been following you for years and I've only just learned your real name. I guess that's the danger of online pseudonyms.
1: Yeah, it is, uh, that's, that's, I, my family's starting to call it uh, me nerd now, which I'm fine with, that's, I'm okay.
0: Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun, and look, today I want to talk to you about humanity's entertainment industry as an expression of its social health, but before we do that, you have a fascinating personal story, which resulted in you owning a comic book store, which is not the most common of professions, particularly in Australia, why comics?
1: uh lifelong passion it's what i learned to read on when i was young because i had a learning disability uh when i was a kid and i just the the art you know melded with story attracted me so first it was just looking at the pictures and then uh it was off to the races and it was a lifelong obsession that unfortunately i had to give up i still buy the old stuff but the, i don't buy the new stuff anymore because of the the current year we're in, and the current era of entertainment, which is pretty awful.
0: Yeah, isn't that true? Viewers can see by your background that you're a devoted fan of the industry, not one of those uh, superficial pretenders that we have operating everywhere. Are Are they killing comics for you?
1: Yes. And man, if we had a couple hours, I can go into everything but it's very similar to what's happening to everything else in the world, particularly here in America, as America tries to uh, spread their woke politics everywhere is basically activists took over the comic book industry and destroyed it. And, and, and uh, I guess the best term is the comic American superhero comic book didn't die. It committed suicide by bringing in these activists and basically getting rid of all the talent and a lot of them based on politics,
0: yeah, uh, which so- is
1: happening at Hollywood and we're seeing similar results.
0: It's a real shame and they often blame women, but really women never asked anybody to destroy comic books. It was very much a a woke political movement. We like looking at uh, semi-naked hot men being heroes. I don't know who decided that we didn't, but despite the uh, depressing state of the entertainment industry, it's clear you still have a joy for the medium. I've seen your work evolve over the years from a sort of review format to quite excellent political commentary. What was your YouTube channel, Nerdrotic, originally meant to be about?
1: It was meant to review television. I basically wanted to rip off Talking Dead, uh, which was the post Walking Dead show, except not with Walking Dead. So I'm like, hey, I'll just pick a show I like and talk about it live afterwards. Had about four or five people watching for many, many years. Then all of a sudden it started to take off after a little show called Doctor Who. Took a nose dive. <laughs> but that was, my whole intention was just to review television and have fun.
0: Yeah, well it's, uh, actually I only just started walking De- watching Walking Dead about a week ago. I know I'm the last person in the entire world to that party but uh, it is a good show. Uh, look, it's no secret mm-hmm. that something has gone horribly wrong with the entertainment industry over the last few decades pretty much from the last 2010 onwards just crash and burn. Some call it woke, others call it utter crap. Personally, I'm bored with lazy political agendas masquerading as fiction. Do you feel the entertainment industry has sort of led society into wokeness or is it mirroring a political movement and in some way trying to popularize unpopular ideas?
1: That is a fantastic question. I, oh, chicken or egg on that one it's part, it's a major part of culture, especially here in America and in your country too. Uh, Pop culture is an institution. It is a part of our country. And I think it's played its part. I don't know if it, if it led, because personally, I think it was the universities that led our government organizations that led our schools that have led our our teachers unions here in America are terrible. Um, But culture definitely mirrored that, especially after 2016. Let's be real. Like, America lost its mind after 2016, and and so did Hollywood collectively. And that's when they, they've always been liberal, that's fine, never had a problem with that. But they felt like they needed to become a platform for influence instead of entertainment. Uh, Losing the fact that through great stories, we get great messaging if you are a talented writer. Uh, That's when the activists really took over, that's when they took on Uh, diversity, inclusion and equity programs, the ESG started, money started flying in. And even to this day with the Disney's earning, Disney's earning call, I mean, basically saying they're just going to double down on everything. uh, It's not going to change. But yes, to, to answer your question, it has played a part in the division in this country, for sure, like without a doubt.
0: Yes, I notice uh, some may not understand this, but I grew up with the Tumblr generation coming up underneath us. They were the generation below me. And it's almost like Tumblr has now taken over real life and become the generator of stories rather than being a fandom base. I don't know if you've noticed a difference between fandom, but when I was in fandom, well, late 90s, 2005, when it was Stargate was the big thing, and we had the Sci-Fi Fridays of Battlestar Galactica, our fandom was creative. It was a community and it was alive, and now it seems to be quite toxic. Have you seen fans change?
1: Yeah, and and that is, I blame the corporations for that. Uh, That's when uh, corporate America started getting involved and the corporate politics, because, you know, most of this creator stuff, when it comes to Marvel Comics or even back in DC Comics or George Lucas with Star Wars or Gene Roddenberry with uh, Star Trek, there was a visionary who just wanted to tell a story and they collected the best people possible. And what that did was it brought us together. And I saw that every day in my comic shop, 10 years in San Francisco, I had one rule, I had two rules, can't use the bathroom unless you're a customer and no politics, no politics. And I had people of uh, all make shapes and sizes, just getting along, hanging out for hours. That's what fandom used to be. And it's not anymore because these giant franchises through the corporations have gotten extremely political. They've chosen a side. And some of the showrunners like Alex Kurtzman from Star Trek said that specifically they're going to use Star Trek as a platform. And they've tried to, you know, they have brought in Democrat politicians. They've gone out and campaigned. And as an individual actor, if you do it, that's fine. But doing it as a franchise, as a business is, is insane. You know, even the people who agree with them don't like it. So it's it's been crazy because they feel like half the fans are disposable, and it it and that's one of the biggest problems in our country is there's a lot of people who feel like they're disposable now, and they're they're being they're being vilified, demonized for their religion. I, I call it political bigotry. Uh, that's that's something that's uh, kind of poisoning our country right now, and it's being poisoned through entertainment, which is you know it's just foul.
0: Speaking of which, Ricky Gervais at the Golden Globes in 2020, was that a watershed moment for the entertainment industry?
1: Yes, that was probably the single greatest moment in award show history. I think Ricky Gervais should host every award show and just roast celebrities for two hours and they'd be the most watched things on the planet. I loved what he said. I absolutely adored him for that. Yeah, and, uh, there you was, know, there it, was
0: a moment we were sitting there and the, the audience, the, the woke, uh, very wealthy uh, celebrity audience thought that he was about to praise them up when they were getting into their little you know spot. And then all of a sudden he just unleashed, I think what he said about Apple with sweatshops was probably the funniest thing I've seen in years
1: absolutely i was i i watched i think i've watched that thing 25 times and i try to put it in as many videos as possible because it was a cultural moment it was a wake-up call for hollywood that they're not even realizing until now it, you know hollywood's a big machine it takes a long time to to change and i mean they, they got they brought back jimmy kimmel for the for the oscars and and then they tried to push that the Oscars had uh, they yeah, they were bumped up to the third lowest rated Oscars in history. So it wasn't the second lowest. It was the th- only the third lowest this year. Uh, and that's probably because everybody was waiting for another slap or the react to the slap. Ho- Hollywood is clues and, and they're falling apart. They're not even the, the most powerful entertainment industry in the world anymore. And that's the gaming industry.
0: Yeah, well, we have our least worst politics at the moment. I think we've got least worst entertainment uh, as well. I've been watching some old 90s uh, movies, which were average, crap 90s films. And now they're like, oh, it's pretty good, actually. It's entertaining. It's not offensive. Uh, look, I knew that uh, the industry was all over when I saw Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. But let's take an example that shocked pop culture which of course is Doctor Who, which is not only a British TV show, it is a cultural institution that everybody knows about whether they like science fiction or not. The Doctor represented traditional Western values. He was an elder who valued knowledge, he liked to explore, he had a childlike wonder of the universe, and he wanted to be peaceful, but he could also win the battles that needed to be fought, which is a, a very British thing. And then the BBC, Uh, Gender swapped him out in the name of diversity and inclusion. How has that gone down? Has the BBC successfully turned the audience into a uh, a bunch of lesbian feminists?
1: They surprisingly did not what they did was alienate all the audience and now it doesn't exist anymore Uh, So much so that the hashtag RIP doctor who was going, you know, it was going for years It still might especially after the news today. Yeah, it didn't work and and you brought this up, like Doctor Who was the one show that brought every, but the, it was like one of the most mixed fandoms I've ever seen, like a, even distribution of men and women watched this show, it, it had just become like massively huge. I've been a fan for a long time, but it really hit big and 10 years ago in America during the 50th anniversary, and I'd have watch parties in my store and my store would be packed. And it's so sad what they did to this, this great uh, hero who didn't fight. Didn't use guns, used his brain as such a, as such a great mo- role model for kids. Uh, and instead of bringing in another female time lady, as they called them, and they're calling them time lords now, and doing another show, which everybody would have followed, they decided to uh, play into identity politics, gender swap the doctor, who's always been an established male, and will remain that way, by the way. And it turned out just like we thought it would. Lowest ratings of all time. It, the show was cancelled. A lot of people are saying it was almost cancelled. It was cancelled and Russell T Davies came in and saved it and now and now Disney has some say in it which is just terrible. It's, it's just awful. So I, I don't have much hope for it. I wish it would turn around but uh, it's my favourite show of all time. We have 50 years of really good stuff that we can watch but I, I adore that show.
0: Yeah, it's, it's sort of like they tried to get rid of Western values and their so-called toxic masculinity, which is actually a really great format for young men to show that, well, actually, if you're not strong and you're not a bodybuilder type person, well, you can still be a sort of hero in your own way. I used to think it was a great format for for kids. Uh, They didn't succeed. No one watches it. And uh, the most common comment I hear now is, oh, I might start watching now that's got the uh, representation. They're not actually fans and they're never going to watch the show. But uh, even when a TV series like Doctor Who becomes a lazy piece of propaganda, you can always count on the access media to bark and bite at its critics. How powerful is the access media in shaping culture by protecting these terrible, woke productions?
1: Extremely powerful still. It's waning, but Very powerful. As a matter of fact, uh, I think for from 2016, probably until last year, most media was made for other people in Hollywood and the critics from the access media. But through time and through people waking up, um, they're seeing that uh, I I call them shills and that's what they are. They're handpicked by the studios. A lot of these websites are owned by the CBS up until recently owned four or five, which is a major network here in America and they control them. But now, uh, thanks to a horrible economy, they're all running out of money. So they're losing power, and the the media is losing power to fans, which is the good news. The good news is fans are just turning on their microphones, they're going on YouTube, TikTok, wherever, and speaking their mind, and they can't compete against that. But they still have immense power, and they really pushed that agenda. They pushed the studios, who are just risk-averse. They're cowards, right? So they're so afraid to be called racist, that they are willing to alienate half the country and then call and demonize them, uh, you know, and, and call them the worst things in the world, and even to a point. There's there's a marketing ploy from the studios called called fan baiting, where you 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 preemptively attack the fans, call them racist and sexist and misogynist before, like Disney just did this with Obi Wan Kenobi, and they set up a whole narrative around one of their actors, so they can get, so they can make it a movement. Because it did work. There was a time it worked. I mean, Black Panther, they didn't attack the fans with Black Panther, but they used marketing. They uh, released it at Black History Month, and they basically convinced the world that if you watch this movie, you're fighting racism. And Disney just went to the bank on that. Now, the movie was average at best, but uh, that led to a lot more and a lot worse, especially with Star Wars. Star Wars was probably one of the worst, Doctor Who wasn't great either, but Star Wars was the worst towards their fandom. And uh, they, conti- like, they continue to do it to this day through the very willing access media.
0: Well, I have to say that uh, the fandom and, and science fiction and the comic book genre, it's almost like a glimpse into the future of our political commentary because this stuff and wokeism has been going on a lot longer in the entertainment industry than it has been Really, uh, in general, mainstream politics—would you say that uh, we're seeing where our politics is going to go into this kind of ferocious petri dish of uh, politicking?
1: Ooh, it's hard to say right now. What I do know, as far as like Hollywood, um, more people are contacting me, and I'm just a guy. <laughs> I'm just a guy in a That's room. That's not true. You've got more bedroom. power.
0: That, you've got more power and followers in the access media.
1: Uh, I, I don't want that to go to my head, but like people are contacting me and I have like executives, former executives contacting me going, and you're, you're right over it. Keep doing what you're doing, but we can't say anything right now. So there is a desire for Hollywood to change. Um, most people in Hollywood are just, they bring their lunch pail to work. They're just hardworking people. But the execs, uh, middle management main mainly is, are the activists and, you know, this diversity inclusion officers, which are now quietly getting laid off uh, still have a ton of influence, so it, it's they need to fail badly, and they have. It's been very hard times for Hollywood, even as like, you know this this year is going to be the first full, a uh, uh, full scale release of films since COVID started. So last year was a pretty big slate of films, but this one's back to maybe like 2018, 19 levels. So we'll see. So far, not good. It's not very good. <laughs> They need to, from John Wick 4, most of the movies have been flopping.
0: They need to do what uh, Elon Musk did with Twitter, which is just walk in and basically sack 80% of the staff, and uh, I think Hollywood still be perfectly fine. But look, attacking fans, as you described, is a crazy thing to do. That's like attacking your customers if you're a business. But that's what Hollywood and streaming networks have been doing for a while. The stars and creators of films quite literally come out and accuse their audience of being homophobic, sexist and racist if they don't show up for a premiere to support the ideology. They even delete reviews and remove YouTube ratings. Are they hoping to create some sort of brand of loyalty out of Stockholm Syndrome?
1: That must be the only logical explanation because it doesn't make any sense. They are saying no to a lot of money, and they can't afford to lose any customers right now. But they they have forever. There are so many people who are just diehard fans who don't go back to the movie theater. I won't buy anything from Disney. Me personally, I won't set foot in Disneyland. I don't subscribe to Disney+. Plus. I don't give them a penny. And I review their stuff, uh, and th- I won't do it. Now I have creative ways that are perfectly legal to do it, but uh, I it just doesn't make sense. They have to be getting money somewhere, but we're now finding out that they have been losing money hand over fist. And I mean, there's a lot of reasons for it. A lot of it was streaming investment, and that dried up really quick. And they thought streaming was the answer, and it turns out they still need the movie theaters.
0: And it's going to be
1: a rough, rough year.
0: On the bright side, they managed to finally end pirating because nobody likes their content enough to bother pirating it, which is absolutely (laughs) hysterically funny, honestly. I mean, when Game of Thrones (laughs) was the most pirate TV series of all time, at least they could say, we're successful, people love us. And now they're like, nah, no one's watching it anyway, not even for free. Look, I've always considered art and storytelling to be not a reflection of society, but more of an expression of what society desires. So when the world was steeped in death and misery, humans created works to touch the divine. In times of war, humans wrote about peace. When we were bored of safety, we made these action thrillers of the 90s. And when we were suffocated by mediocrity, we fell in love with superheroes. What on earth is this generation of human beings looking for out of their entertainment?
1: Well, unfortunately, uh, I think I'm going to sound like an old man and I don't really care. Everybody needs to see themselves pure narcissism and it makes no sense at all. Uh, I have never watched anything like that since since I was six, but we're hearing full grown adults and we're seeing them go on TikTok and weep uh, when when a character is race changed and and I just don't understand it. If we want to go back to Doctor Who, if you really think about it, Gender swapping the doctor to a woman with a, an established male brand is inherently sexist. It's because, little lady, we don't think you could do it on your own, so we'll give you the guy's hand-me-downs. And, it, like, because it is. It's completely sexist. And it's the same thing uh, when they gender and race swap. I'm all for make new characters, make new stories. I don't care what they look like. I, I, I can relate to anything. We need to go back to Timeless Tales and relating to people on a human level. And thanks to social media, which I benefit from, admittedly, uh, there's a lot of just extreme narcissism out there and it is a big problem and it's gonna be a problem for at least the next couple of generations.
0: Well, I have a theory that they're searching for meaning given that most of the opportunities to compete and achieve has been taken off them. So this is all they're really left with. Um, Hollywood has run out of original ideas. It's recycling franchises such as Terminator and dragging back actors for the nostalgia, such as you know, the new Jurassic World films. Have we lost our imagination as a culture? Are our creators afraid of causing offense? Are they lazy? Or is it really just a genuine lack of talent?
1: I think it's all of the above. I think it's uh, too many cooks in the kitchen too much corporatism. It's watered down. They have run, you know, there's a finite amount of talent in the world. Not every, you can't do whatever you want. You can't be whatever you want to be. I can't fly. I can't draw a comic book. I'm fine with that. But we're telling people that and like, rejection's a good thing. It builds character. I've been rejected a lot. So I think there's just, It's the talent is watered down and it's going elsewhere. It, it, it's still there. Uh, what, what's coming out of the disaster that is the American comic book industry is we're seeing more independents do their own thing and they're creating some really good work. It'll probably never reach the heights of a Spider Man, but I think entertainment's going to become really fragmented. Uh, and, and that, you know, decentralized is not bad, in my opinion. I think there, there's going to be competition for Hollywood someday and there's competition to Marvel and DC right now because they're falling apart. And I think that's the future that usually what comes out of when, when movies get too bloated or people get tired of stadium rock from the 70s, there's some, in, you know, the punk movement comes up, uh, the independent film movement from the 90s, something similar should, should according to trends, happen uh, right about now, but we'll see.
0: Well, a case in point is uh, people like you are providing commentary on entertainment because the access media is not worth reading and not worth watching. And in some way, uh, your show has become a replacement for entertainment shows. I know that I personally couldn't sit through some of the new uh, TV shows, so I just went and watched the reviews instead because they are infinitely more entertaining. And uh, you've got some great peers as well that mm-hmm. you sit down with uh, and have a chat with on Fridays, I think it is. And that is- yes really great to see, and we're seeing the same thing happen in politics, where lots of independent media, separate from all of the institutions, have come up to have a genuine and honest discussion. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Do you see that, do you think there's gonna be more independent shows starting up that are genuinely separate from the streaming services?
1: Yes, and uh, I mean, part of it's thinking, to a giant corporation called Google, but you're starting to see people spread their wings and make their own websites and go to other places. You know, Tim Pool's got his own website. Joe Rogan's doing great. He's on Spotify. And those are the big boys. But we have, you know, it's, for lack of a better term, we're legion. There's thousands of people that aren't going to be, that aren't going to have 11 million views on on a live stream like Joe Rogan. But if you have a 1,000 people with 10,000 views each, uh, that there's no way the networks can compete with that. There just isn't. And you can find a, a regional person, somebody you like somewhere else. I watch a bunch of people in the UK. One of my best friends is from Australia. Love Shadversity. So I, I find people everywhere. And uh, what we're getting is authenticity. You don't have to agree with everybody all the time. I think what we, we're just tired of the scripted, uh, uh, reality that were presented, and that's what pop culture's been trying to do. They've been going against the grain, going against natural trends, and trying to create them, trying to create reality, trying to create truth. And then when this truth isn't really truth, they send fact checkers in or authoritative sources, and it's it. People are just sick of it, you know. Uh, and it it takes a while. It takes a while for you know people are busy. They they're working all day. They don't have time to. to to fight this fight, but now it's become uh, dangerous enough to where they do, and and so one way to fight it is by turning on your camera.
0: Yes, well, I mean, you could never platform uh, a talent like the critical drinker on a mainstream access media network, despite the fact that he is one of the most entertaining reviewers around, and most people will have heard of him. But we live in a world where every original story has to be censored modernized, updated, sanitized, and adapted so that people can see themselves on the screen. Why is it that it's so offensive to make a show that is true to its geopolitical, cultural, ethnic, and historical setting? Why does that offend people?
1: I think people are just too sensitive. I think we've, uh, at least here in, in America, I'll speak for America, for the most part, we're pretty a pretty affluent society, and there hasn't been adversity. We're just a couple generations past, uh, or two or three, past the depression. You know, my my father was born in the depression and lived in extreme poverty, and uh, worked his way up. And you mentioned it: lack of meaning, lack of adversity. Like we humans, we need struggle. We need struggle. We need to struggle through things, even if it doesn't have to be a huge struggle. But we, and I think uh, kids today uh, and adults today have a big problem with that, and they just instead of like having an exchange of ideas, they want to put their fingers in their ears and go, "No, nah, no, nah, I don't want to listen." And and it's now gotten, you know, it's gotten progressively worse over the you know last couple decades, and now we're seeing the culmination of it. And uh, no, and now artists are finally speaking up, thankfully, because so many artists didn't. And that was the biggest problem. But like, we're starting to have some breakaway. And even liberal artists are starting, you know, starting to mention like, hey, hey, this is getting bad. We're, we're you know, writers have contacted me and say, I'm, I'm scared to write. There's certain, certain things. I'm self-editing now. And that is the death of the story. And, and, if, and that's something we've had since we painted on on uh, cave walls okay we've stories have been part of our lives mythology has been part of our lives we need it and it's utterly being destroyed so hopefully it gets saved it gets picked up uh through independent spheres or one corporation wakes up i mean elon's been a blessing you you brought him up uh he exposed so much over the last year I'm, I am think it's the best $40 billion he's ever spent. So <laughs> I'm glad it was his it's money. It's basically
0: uh, $40 billion to save free speech. But you, you talk about self-censoring and that some of the left-wing creators have started to come out. We had Guy Pierce, I think it was what late last week, came out and asked a very sensible question about if trans people can only play trans characters because we had Priscilla Queen in the Desert with him, very famous film. Well, then does that mean that they can't play straight characters. Like, are we actually going to say now that you can only play a murderer if you're actually physically a murderer? Or is, we, is it acting? Like, which is it? And he got shouted down. And I knew when I saw his tweet that within 24 hours, there'd be some kind of gushing apology of, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cause offence. Is there any way that people can actually stand their ground against that sort of mob and just say, no, no, the question is valid. Or are they too frightened of uh, studios Basically, canceling them.
1: They're too frightened. It's uh, the the uh, the alphabet mafia in in Hollywood is extremely powerful and intimidating. Um, and w- what we knew is what we need is actors to just stand behind what they say. Now, that's asking a lot of what I call an adult pretender. Most of them don't have a ton of principles, and they're just pretty shallow people who I like I said, pretend for a living, but there's some. That that you know stand for what they believe in. Gina Carano did that, uh, and, and uh, others are doing that too. Like Ricky Gervais would never apologize for anything. Uh, where and, would, he, and you where would he start? Uh, would
0: be, I mean, how long is Ricky Gervais's list right. of apologies? <laughs> no, well Clint yeah, long list. Clint Eastwood's another great one. I've started following his old films because he just doesn't care. He's a he's a true uh, trooper there as far as uh, theater and entertainment goes. But we say that Gen Z has an attention span problem, which I think is fair. But what about the Mm -hmm. creators? Look at what happened to Game of Thrones, one of the most loved and popular shows that had everything thrown at it. But not only did its creators, Dan and Dave, bail on it because they were bored and offered more lucrative deals, but the original writer of the series, George R. 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 Martin, hasn't even finished the books. Surely audiences will lose faith in fiction and storytelling if people keep doing this?
1: Trust is important. It is very important. Uh, And I've given up on George, I love those books, but I just put it on Twitter today. It's been 4,286 days since he uh, released his last A Song of Ice and Fire book. So that's well over 11 years. And they just announced another Game of Thrones spinoff today, which was hilarious. no, if you lose the trust of of your audience, of your paying customer, then you're done. You're just you're just done. And and there's so much goodwill, you know, even with George and 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 fans just want to enjoy stuff. But there's a there's a point where they just go enough and they walk away and they never come back and they won't say anything. They won't be. They'll just go. They'll go do their own thing. That's 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 coming. I think um, there are places that are trying to turn it around. I mean, like Top Gun Maverick's like the best example of like, hey, I just want to make a movie that's enjoyable. And then Tom Cruise put that little message at the beginning, like, thanks for coming to the theater. Thanks for keeping our industry alive. And it's just that little simple act of gratitude and kindness that probably added $500 million to that film. And Hollywood still can't figure it out. Now that some studios are starting to like, hey, maybe we should thank people for coming to our movies. Yeah. Yeah. Like how hard can that be? It, it it's it's not much, especially after you know telling half your fans to go uh, take off for uh for you know five years. I I, I don't I don't know where we're gonna go, bro. Uh, it, it it feels like things are changing, but it might be too late.
0: Who would have thought that making an entertaining film devoid of too much political content would be a winner at the box do- box office? I mean. Gosh, Uh, this might be a slightly philosophical question, and uh, you might not have been asked it before. But in the late 90s and early 2000s, TV show seasons were usually around 22 to 24 episodes long. Every year, Mm -hmm. like every single year, they produced this content, it was incredible. Now, that is a lot of story content compared to the six to eight episodes every two years that we've been getting from high budget shows on streaming services. Now that means that studios need to get more physical bang for their buck out of each minute of each episode. Do you think that is contributing to the cheap thrills and false tension and gratuitous violence that we're seeing where they're trying to basically create this, you know, what's next in the next episode rather than focusing on characters and story?
1: I totally agree with that. Some of the best television ever written was was from the late '90s and early 2000s. I'm a huge Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. Absolutely,
0: hundred um, percent. I
1: think, uh, yeah, I think uh, Hollywood learned all the wrong lessons from Game of Thrones. Everybody talked about the red wedding and you know the end of season one. I don't want to spoil anything if you haven't seen it, but um, they they focused on the shocking moments. But the reason we originally invested in that show is we liked the characters. We followed the characters. The first four seasons didn't have a lot of big battles, just a lot of walking around, following Tyrion. We love that stuff. We 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 love good characters. That's all. And that's why Buffy was so successful. So yeah, the, there's a lot of padding. I just reviewed The Mandalorian season three. It's awful. Uh, it's filled with a lot of like walking down hallways and slowly walking up the doors because they don't... Um, They don't, the ratings aren't based on views. They're based on minutes watched that you brought up. So yeah, they're just looking for shocking moments. And so people will talk about it on on social media. So they get a bunch of free marketing and they're forgetting about the basics like story and character. And it really is that simple.
0: Yeah, I haven't, the same things happen to books. I mean, I don't buy new books that have been written. I buy old books because They basically pad out the pages with what you're saying, hallway scenes or walking around. It's really quite uh, disappointing that our generation that should be the most skilled and most talented are actually the least talented and least interesting people I've ever come across. But it feels like we're seeing an end of an era here. Politics is starting to bite back with Disney finding itself in really big trouble. Uh, Marvel is eating itself. Netflix is plagued by extremely poor taste, such as the whole cuties incident. And Amazon has blown its budget with the rings of power. How does the story of entertainment end? Will Hollywood be forced to downsize and return to talent?
1: Yes, if they survive, because the downsizing has started. Uh, Massive layoffs from Disney, Amazon, Every studio, uh, the layoffs actually secretly started uh, prior to December of last year. Uh, Cause I, w- I went and visited the belly of the beast and uh, was, did a con there and talked to a lot of people in the industry and they're out of jobs. And it's only just begun. Uh, Marvel uh, has delayed, uh, Marvel Studios has delayed uh, most of their Disney plus shows that were supposed to be released this year to next year if they're gonna come out at all. Uh, they've delayed a couple of movies, including the Marvels for the fourth time, which is a Captain Marvel sequel that where she got demoted in her own film, and then yes, delayed four times already. The, the massive reshoots that they can't afford anymore. Um, Shazam two just flopped. So you're seeing you know uh, Dungeons and Dragons, which was a movie that I didn't like, but a lot of people did, still didn't do well at the box office. So they're starting to feel it. And then we have a strike in about six weeks. We have a writer's strike that looks like it's unavoidable, which would be the worst timing possible, but good for us. And out of this, they'll have to go back to the people who really know how to write stories and start basing it on merit again or die. I mean, it's one of the two.
0: To be fair, the writing quality is so bad I'm not entirely certain that anyone will notice a writer's strike. Uh, And uh, I... (laughs) I think it's interesting that you mentioned uh, people not being able to produce the content they want. I actually went into politics, most people don't know this, because I was a writer and people started telling me, well, you can't write that. You can't say that. You can't have characters that act like that, which is just ridiculous. And so politics has to change if we're going to save the arts and entertainment industry. But you're basically a therapy session for people who still love entertainment and still love watching their shows and hope that they will survive. So I want to say thank you, Gary. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on our show. And I, I suggest that people go and check out your channel and uh, enjoy your discussions that you have with uh, your friends. And where can people find you if they'd like to follow your work?
1: Well, thank you for having me on. It is an honor. Uh, they can find me on YouTube. Search Nerdrotic. I've got three channels, but the main one is uh, the one with the yellow logo with the glasses. And you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Nerdrotic.
0: Well, That's it. <laughs> well look, thank you so much. That's all from us here today. I'm Alexandra Marshall. Catch you next week.